Welcome to the Danny Picard Show, Monday, February 25th, 2019, broadcasting from the Beantown USA studio. Beantown USA is Boston's home for customized screen printing and embroidery. Get more information on their website, beantownusa.com. On today's show, I will open the show with a story that broke late last week after we recorded the second podcast of the week, and that's the Robert Kraft story which is just a bizarre piece of news for anyone to tackle. (laughs) But but we'll do that, and I will share my thoughts on the Robert Kraft story that broke last week. I'll open with that. Then I will get to the NHL trade deadline, which is today on this Monday, February 25th. And maybe by the time you listen to this show, perhaps some more trades in the NHL will have been made. Perhaps the Bruins make another move. So I apologize in advance for the timeliness of this show with regards to the NHL trade deadline, which is, what, 3 o'clock today on this Monday, February 25th. There are some big names that are rumored to be moved. There are some big names that the Bruins are rumored to be interested in. The Bruins last week acquired Charlie Coyle from the Minnesota Wild in exchange for Ryan Donato and a conditional fifth-round pick. I reacted to that trade last Thursday, and I told you I wasn't... I wasn't against trading Ryan Donato, you know, just in general. Like, I, I, I wasn't telling you he's untouchable, but I just thought that perhaps you could package Ryan Donato with maybe a better draft pick and uh, get someone that would be better than a third-line forward. Uh, and that's what Charlie Coyle is. And that's not to say I don't like Charlie Coyle on the Bruins. I do like Charlie Coyle on the Bruins. I just, I just thought maybe the Bruins gave up a little too much for Charlie Coyle, um, and I think that Ryan Donato may be packaged with a better draft pick, could have got you something a little bit better than that. But anyways, the trade deadlines today, uh, there are some other names. I will react to those names, and if something does happen, you know, after I put out this show, I will react to those trades on Thursday's podcast, and also follow me on Twitter, because I'm sure I'll be giving you my take on social media as well. Uh, my Twitter account is at Danny Picard, if you don't already know. But I will close out the show with some thoughts on the Celtics. And the question everybody here in Boston is asking, will they be okay? They've lost two straight, and they've lost their only two games since returning from the All-Star break. They lost in Milwaukee. You know, that that's a game that was a tough game against one of the top teams in the Eastern Conference. So I don't think anyone's given the Celtics shit for that. But when you then lose in Chicago... To that brutal Bulls team, you lose 126-116. to 116. You know, all the questions are coming, and, and people are really criticizing this group of Celtics. Kyrie Irving did talk after the game. Here's the good thing. He didn't really make any headlines with what he said after this loss. I, and I do actually think that's a good thing. I'll tell you what Kyrie Irving had to say after that brutal loss to the Bulls on Saturday, and I'll react to it. All of it presented by DraftKings. Play for free at DraftKings.com or on the DraftKings app by using promo code PIC, P-I-C. That's promo code PIC, P-I-C, at DraftKings.com. Today's show also presented by BetOnline.ag. Sign up today at BetOnline.ag and use promo code PODCAST1 to receive a 50% welcome bonus. That's promo code PODCAST1 for a 50% Welcome bonus when you sign up. And there's a lot of action to be had from the NBA to the NHL and even college basketball. Place your bets today at betonline.ag. And you can even try some of the in-game live betting on your mobile device. Betonline.ag, your online sportsbook experts and also the exclusive partner of Podcast One Sportsnet, Betonline. .ag and today's show is also presented by IV League Hydration. Look better, feel better and perform better by jumping on the IV. That's right, the IV. Throw the Gatorade away. Don't even bother paying all that money for a bottle of Pedialyte. I mean, does Tylenol and ibuprofen, does that even help you with a hangover? I think you believe it helps you, but that could just be in your head. The best remedy for a hangover is jumping on the IV. And you do it with IV League Hydration. They have a new store in Southie. Here's the best part. They can come to you. And it's not just for hangovers. IV League Hydration can help you with cold and flu symptoms. 
jet lag before a big meeting, or even your athletic performance. I know many pro athletes who use IV hydration as part of their normal routine to perform at the highest level. Again, they can come to you. Check out their website, ivleaguehydrate.com. That's ivleaguehydrate.com to see all of their different IV hydration packages. Look better, feel better, and of course, perform better with IV League hydration. So welcome to the show on this Monday, February 25th. Uh, Before I begin, uh, a serious thing that I want to mention. I want to send my condolences to the friends and family of Nick Cafato. Nick passed away suddenly on Thursday while down at spring training at the age of 62. It's actually, it's pretty shocking news, I think, to, to anybody in the business, anybody who follows baseball, anybody who follows sports reporting or sports writing or sports media in general. Uh, This was shocking to me. Again, Nick was 62, uh, passed away last week down at spring training. Nick was a longtime baseball writer who covered the Red Sox in Major League Baseball for years. I mean, he was one of the good ones, right? He was one of the good ones. And I don't just say, you know, just at his job. Nick was great at his job. You always saw him breaking big stories. Uh, He, you know, he was always somebody that you would look for his pieces to read. And from just from my own personal perspective, being somebody in the media, being somebody that actually covered the Red Sox as a reporter when I was with Comcast Sportsnet New England. And even before that, when I had a couple radio shows back in the day on on small channels that you probably don't even know existed, Nick, at, at the time, he used to call into my radio show and I didn't even really know him then. I ended up meeting him a couple of years later when I covered the Red Sox and I was at Fenway with him every day. But even before I even knew the guy, you know, I sent him an email to see if he would come on my show because, you know, he was one of the bigger names in the Boston sports media scene. Uh, and he was one of the bigger names covering the Red Sox. And he called into my show a lot. I never, he never asked for a penny. And, and you know, there's a good amount of people that, that, that called into my show in the past when I asked but there's a lot of people who didn't. And I think the people who did, I, I should not just mention that, but I praise them for that, and I'm forever grateful for that. And Nick was one of those guys early on. I mean, he didn't even know me. And then when you meet him, and anybody who knows him, he's, he's one of the nicest guys around. And um, he was always great to me when I, when I did cover the Red Sox, and I worked at Fenway. And, and again, you can't, you can't say that about it. I can't say that about everyone. I can't in the business. I, I just can't say that. Um, I'm, you know, I, I don't even know that I believe the news that he passed last week. That That's how shocking it is. But Nick will be missed. Uh, we will miss reading his work. Uh, he obviously did a great job. And, you know, I wasn't with him every day the last couple of years. Obviously, I have not been on the scene as a reporter, I'm not a reporter anymore, but I did talk with him at the World Series in LA. He was actually, Nick was actually the first person I ran into at Dodgers Stadium the first day I was in LA as I was waiting in line uh, to get in uh, to the stadium with my media pass in the media line. And we were talking for a little bit, but Nick was always great to me, and I am forever grateful that he would even take the time out to come on my show, to call me on my show, and be a guest on my show. I'm sure back then I was asking some really stupid questions. Uh, I'm sure I was yelling in his ear while he was on the phone, and he's probably like, why am I even doing this show right now? Who is this kid, and what station is this for? But guess what? He did it anyways, and you never forget that. Someone in my position, you never forget that. You never forget someone like that, and Nick was, was always... He would all, anytime I asked, he would do it. Um, so, man, it's tough to hear this news. It really is. And he will be missed. Uh, we will also miss his outstanding work. And um, my condolences go out to the friends and family of Nick Cafado, who passed away last week. So, Nick, rest in peace, my friend. We'll see you on the other side. But, yeah, I, I remember talking to him at the World Series in L.A., and while the World Series, it feels like it was a month ago, doesn't it? They're already back at it at spring training. Uh, the offseason flew by. 
flew by. But yeah, that World Series trip seems like it was just yesterday. It seemed like it was just yesterday I was talking to Nick. And um, crazy, crazy stuff, crazy news, shocking news. And again, um, my condolences to the family of Nick Cafado. So uh, not an easy transition, right, to get to the next bit of news, which I'm going to open with, but a transition that we have to make. So let's get to it. Last week, you know, I record on Mondays and Thursdays. So sometimes news breaks on Friday, on Thursday afternoon, Friday morning, Friday night and over the weekend that I'm not able to react until Monday. So here we are on Monday and I have to react to the story because it's the top story. Because it's, it's just a, it's, it's a wild story, but it's not. Does that make sense? I don't even know if that makes sense. It's a wild story, but it's not. It's just a stupid story. Like, it's a story that we shouldn't actually be having to talk about. And it's a somewhat awkward story to actually give the details on. Um, because, you know, when you, when you think about what we're actually about to talk about, it's like, you know, does anybody really want to talk about this? Does anybody who does what I do or we do, whether you're an entertainer in general and you talk about, you know, the top stories in, in, in the news world or the world of sports or, or anything, and you get behind a mic and you have to go into details to some type of controversial story, does anybody really want to talk about this? Well, here's what we're talking about. Patriots owner Robert Kraft is facing charges of misdemeanor solicitation of prostitution after he was videotaped paying for a sex act at an illicit massage parlor at Orchards of Asia Day Spa in Jupiter, Florida. That is a loaded fucking headline for you, isn't it? And not one that I ever thought I would read or have to read or wanted to read. Robert Kraft was one of 25 people facing similar charges. Kraft has denied it in a statement. The NFL has sent the statement out that says they will take appropriate action as warranted based on the facts of the ongoing investigation. Now, 10 spas in Florida, 10 massage parlors in Florida have been closed now because of this six-month investigation into sex trafficking from Palm Beach to Orlando. And it should be noted here. I want to note this. This is a very strong and powerful note, too, by the way. Robert Kraft was not charged with sex trafficking, okay? He was not. Those people who have been charged with sex trafficking have been taken into custody. Not Robert Kraft. That's not Robert Kraft. So it's different. Different charges. Don't get those mixed up. Don't get those mixed up. So those are the facts, right? Those are the facts. Um, (laughs) Like, and, you know, you'll get people who won't laugh about this, who won't laugh about it, and you'll get people who do. Here's the deal. Here's my ultimate takeaway from this whole thing. You know, when it comes to... Because we're going to get into what will the NFL do? What type of punishment will they have for Robert Kraft? Um, what type of punishment should there be for Robert Kraft? Um, obviously, like, the, the team itself with regards to, like, draft picks or anything with the roster should not be affected in any way, shape, or form. If you want to find Robert Kraft, go ahead. They do throw out suspensions for owners, which I think is just stupid. It's like basically you're saying, okay, you you have to watch the first six games of the season from home. You can't sit in your luxurious uh, private suite at Gillette Stadium, which I don't even know is that luxurious at Gillette Stadium. But uh, so what is really a suspension for an NFL owner? I, I actually don't know. Fine, do it. Do, you know... Give him the fine. Give him the suspension. You're not going to take away draft picks. You're not going to punish any part of the organization from um, an on-field perspective, you know, from the roster or or any of that, anything with the players or or the coaches. You want to punish Robert Kraft with with a hefty fine? Go ahead. And I actually think Robert Kraft should be fined for this. And But here's what he should be fined for. Stupidity. He should be fine for stupidity because this is just, look, you're worth $6 billion. Is that what he's worth? How much is Robert Kraft worth? $6 billion? $12 billion? I don't know. Maybe he's double that. Let's say anywhere between 6 to $10 billion Robert Kraft is worth. If I, let's say, and I'm trying to put myself in issue. If I was worth $500 million, not even a billion, 500 million. 
you couldn't pay me enough to go to a strip mall massage parlor in Jupiter, Florida to get a hand job. Like, because that, if you want to break down the details of this, this is what happened. Robert Kraft got a massage, paid for a massage. What do you pay? 70 bucks? <laughs> this story is so stupid. Like, Robert Kraft should be fined for stupidity. He went to a strip mall. I didn't even think the pictures of this were real when I first saw it. Like, I was expecting the picture of this place to be like, I'm like, oh, Robert Kraft wouldn't, he wouldn't go to a place that any old Joe Schmo would be going to to get a, to get a massage and then a happy ending, would he? <laughs> Apparently he does. And you could say, well, he's just the common man. Robert Kraft is not the common man. He's worth $6 billion. He should be fined. You want to suspend him for stupidity too? Go ahead. This was stupid. You were at six billion. What are you going to a strip mall massage parlor to get a happy ending for? Like, you think nobody nobody might see you going in there? Nobody might see you coming out? What are you gonna say? Oh no, I was at the video game store. You didn't see me coming out of there. I was down at the video game store. <laughs> no, I was I was doing laundry. I was doing laundry two stores down. I grabbed a slice of pizza. I wasn't in the that dirty massage parlor. Oh, come on. What are you even doing going near that place? Like, that's just stupid. That is just pure stupidity. You have all the money in the world, and that's what you're doing? That's where you're going to get a massage and then anything else that came along with it? (laughs) Like, 70 bucks? Come on! Like, you you got a beautiful house down there, probably? It's just... Wow, um, it's it's stupid. That's my takeaway, right? He should be punished for stupidity. He should be. I mean, you really want to you really want to go dig into the whole process of somebody who owns one of these places, the 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 women that they have coming in there, working in there, um, what they're being told to do. Like, uh, I think if you really dig dig deep into some of these places like there's some there's some shit that's pretty wrong going on in there right i mean <laughs> you want to break it down like that like you know these there's some pretty serious charges that are going to be thrown the, the way of people who own places like this and they get caught doing it but you know at the same time like i look at i'd like to know a lot of the people who are investigating this how many of, of those people have actually gone to one of these places at some point in their life as well you get what I'm saying? Like, um, I don't want to make it sound like what Robert Kraft did was so uncommon or that these 10 spas in Florida, the only 10 massage parlors that are doing this in, in the U.S. They're not. There's a lot. There's a lot of places like this. And, you know, I, it, just in general, you know, if Robert Kraft was just some Joe Schmo who went to a massage parlor in a, in a strip mall and... Got a got a happy ending after a massage. Like, I this wouldn't even would this even be newsworthy? I I don't know, but I think it's newsworthy around here and now and national news because Robert Kraft isn't some Joe Schmo. He's a six billion dollar man who I, I I just don't understand how you could just be living your life going yeah you know what. I, maybe this would be a good idea if I get seen going in this place. Like, come on. Come on. Fi- I, I'm almost begging for the NFL to find him for stupidity. Stupidity. Now, they can't do anything with the team and the players or draft picks. Like, I'm not asking for that. And I'm not looking for an overreaction here. Like, I'm not looking for him. He has to, you got to make him give up the team. Like, I'm not doing that either. I don't even want to talk about this. People say, well, it's the biggest story in, in sports. It's like, well, how deep do you want to go into it? Like, I think it'll be something else if there's, like, a video that comes out and, and there's, a, there's a little more happening than what, me, than what we're all assuming happened. You know, then maybe, we, you know, when the, the Robert Kraft sex tape comes out, you know, then I think we got, we got something else here. But how much more time do you want to focus on what happened, the details of what happened, and what the punishment should be? Robert Kraft, my ultimate takeaway is that he should be punished for stupidity. For even stepping foot in this place. For even thinking that it would be a good idea. Whether you knew there was an investigation on this place going on or not. He went in here not once. He went in here twice. 
So what are we talking about? Robert Kraft paid $140 for two visits total. Is that the math? I don't know. Um, I mean, it's just, I, 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 <laughs> I almost can't even believe it. Now he's denying it. Maybe, maybe this is, I don't know. Maybe there is no video. Maybe they don't believe this video. But he should be fine for stupidity. Dumb. What are you doing? Maybe he just doesn't care anymore. What's he, 77 years old? Robert Kraft is just like, I don't got much time left. I got Super Bowl rings every year. Um, you know, what else, <laughs> what else do we got? What else do I got? Yeah, I'll run into this place real quick. How long is it going to take? Half hour, 45 minutes? All right. Maybe he just doesn't care. Well, there's a difference between not caring and being stupid. Robert Kraft, maybe he didn't care, but he was also stupid. You gotta, if you're not going to care, you got to be a little smart about not caring. He was not smart about this. Fine him, punish him for stupidity. You don't even have to say it was for stupidity, but behind the scenes say, this is, Robert, this was dumb. We need to punish you. We need to fine you for being dumb. Okay? You, you're a powerful figure in the National Football League. This was a stupid mistake. We got to punish you for it. He should be punished for stupidity. And that's where, that's where I stand on it. Um, you know, people who were trying to say that he should lose the team or, you know, don't, I would say don't overreact. People are going to overreact. We live in a world of overreactions. There's, you know, the sensitivity that is out there, especially on social media. It's a world of overreactions. I'm not going to overreact, but you want to find the guy for stupidity? Go ahead. Do it. You know, do it. A $6 billion man should not be even pulling into that parking lot. He should not, nobody should even be driving him into that parking lot. It's like, no, no, no. Some, like, I'm surprised, is, did he go in by himself? Was he just, was anybody like, hey, uh, Robert, maybe, you know, stay home. You know, there's places you could call if you really, <laughs> I, I, don't know what, I don't know what you're looking for right now, but I mean, you got $6 billion. You don't have any friends. I'm sure you got a beautiful pool. Like you could have a throw a party, a little private party. I don't know. What are you doing stepping foot in this place for? It's mind boggling to me that he would think that's a good idea. But it's not a good idea. And he should be fine for stupidity. So that that's my thoughts on the Robert Kraft situation. Uh, if if there is, I'm sure the video. If this video, it's gonna get out right. <laughs> Oh, man. I never thought in a million years that we'd even have to envision Robert Kraft, a story where we talk about on this show or any show, envision Robert Kraft getting a massage and a happy ending and having that actually be a story that we'd have to talk about, like something that we'd have to break down, right? And maybe even tell some other people to be like, okay, yeah, he should be punished for stupidity, but don't. Don't overreact. Like, I never thought I'd have to even say that. But here we are. Here we are. And anything else that happens with the Robert Kraft story, you know, by now you've all got your jokes in. You've all got your overreactions in. I I do think that at some point we should move on from this. And, but I'm sure there will be more details coming out. More details. And maybe even more names. Who knows? Adam Schefter has teased that there's an even bigger name. That was linked to this place, and everybody wants to know who that is. Who is that name that was linked to this massage parlor? I mean, if you're just, if you're a, man, if you're a celebrity, and you have billions of dollars, what are you doing? It's, it's just stupid. It's dumb. I'm almost mad at them for being so dumb. I am. I am, because I try, I put myself in those shoes. I'm like, you give me money like that? You think I'm even stepping foot near that place? Come on. Come on. Let's go. But uh, that's the situation we had down in Jupiter, Florida. And, you know, it's not a situation that I ever thought we'd even have to talk about. So uh, I guess we'll move on. (laughs) We'll move on to the next biggest story of the day in the world of sports. And that, again, would be the NHL trade deadline. But I'm going to kind of, you know, I'm not going to get too descriptive with some stuff because by the time you listen to this, like I mentioned in the intro, trades might have come and gone. 
uh, trades might have been made. You know, I had to come in and record because I got some other stuff to do. I got some other deadlines to reach, so I, I can't be sitting here, um, you know, waiting around till after the 3 o'clock deadline. But I, I am scrolling on Twitter as I'm doing this show. And if I do see anything that breaks, then I will react to it. One move that I did see was made this morning, right before I jumped on and recorded, right before we jumped on and recorded today. Kevin Hayes traded for the New York Rangers. Dorchester's own Kevin Hayes traded from the Rangers to the Winnipeg Jets. Kevin Hayes, friends of this show. Um, he's been, you can go to my YouTube channel, you can see him play a role in, in some of my <laughs> some of our videos on there. Um, but Kevin Hayes, he's traded to a contender. Winnipeg's a cup contender. He so this is and I'm not I'm not speaking for Kevin Hayes at all. If for anyone who thinks I am, I'm not. I'm speaking for myself and my own personal opinion of the kid who I would love to I would love to see him win a Stanley Cup, not just because he told me I'd be invited to the Stanley Cup party and I would hoist that thing over my fucking head. And and that's what I think about every day doing. And it makes me you know, as as sad as I could possibly be to, to, to know that I will never win that. I will never win the Stanley Cup. It will never happen. You know, they say keep hope alive. Hope's the greatest thing in the world and to follow your dreams. But um, that, is, that dream is dead. I will not hoist a Stanley Cup ever in my life unless somebody else wins it and invites me to the party. Kevin Hayes, I speak for me, not him, when I say this is a great move for the kid. He goes to a cup contender, and I want to see him win a cup. And I, I say that, you know, in jest that I, I'd be, you know, I'm, I'm rooting for him because of my, because I want to hoist the Stanley Cup. But you want to see a local kid win the cup. And uh, Kevin Hayes has a chance to do that now with Winnipeg. So that's a big move for him. That's a nice move for the Jets. And we'll see where they go. Uh, the Winnipeg Jets, they are the number one seed in the Central Division in the Western Conference with 78 points, 37 wins, one point ahead of Nashville, six points ahead of St. Louis. So, uh, I don't think Winnipeg will end up, I don't think they'll, you know, they're not going to be a wild card. Uh, I don't know that they'll finish number one, but they should at least finish number two in their division. So, um, Winnipeg's got a shot. Winnipeg's got a shot. And so I'm, I'm, you know, I'm sitting here today happy for Kevin Hayes, who will be moved from a team in the Rangers who are out of a playoff race uh, to a team that is number one in their division, Winnipeg. So Kevin Hayes, good move for him. Good move for the Jets. As for the Bruins, you know, last week, the Charlie Coyle trade. Now we're looking at some names. You got Stone. You got Simmons. I tweeted out today that I would like to see the Bruins make a move for Wayne Simmons. Now, some people might say the asking price is high. According to reports, the Philadelphia Flyers want a first-round pick and a prospect. You know, I do wonder if they hadn't traded Donato. Could that? Could you say Donato and a, you know, and and maybe not a first rounder, but something close to it, maybe. You know, I obviously depending on what type of young player you're giving up, if you're the Bruins, you know, the better player that you give up, maybe the less the less important pick you have to give up. But maybe the Flyers are dead set on the first round pick more than the player, and maybe that's good for the Bruins because, you know, I don't want to see them pot ways with any of these top young ki- young players that they have. But uh, I'm okay with giving up draft picks. I've always been okay with giving up draft picks in the NHL. Especially now, you know, you look at the Bruins. Bergeron's not getting any younger. Krejci's not getting any younger. Obviously, Chara's not getting any younger. Tuka's not getting any younger. You look at the standings right now. The Bruins are number two seed in the Atlantic Division with 81 points. They're not going to catch Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay is a powerhouse this year with 98 points and 47 wins. You know, the Bruins are just trying to stay in, uh, you know, they're just trying to stay out of the wild card. Montreal, the top wild card in the East 
with 73 points. Again, I told you the Bruins have 81. Toronto, the number three seed behind the Bruins with 78 points. So they're three points behind the Bruins. Um, the Bruins should be going out looking to add, even if it means giving up a first-round pick. Even if it means giving up what some people will call too much for a rental. Wayne Simmons, he is 30 years old. Um, he's going to turn 31 in August. He will be a free agent after this season. He can, So he can go wherever he wants. You know, he's been in the league for, what, 10, 11 years. He's got a lot of experience. He, I think he's he's got to be hungry for a cup. Didn't the Kings win it? Like a year after he left the Kings, right? Didn't they win a year after he left? Uh, he has spent, you know, since 2011, he's been in Philadelphia. I think a change of scenery will do him good. You could look at the numbers with Wayne Simmons. This year, the numbers are down. 16 goals, 11 assists, 27 points. Last year, he had 24 goals, 22 assists, 46 points. The year before that, 31 goals, 23 assists, 54 points. The year before that, 32 goals, 28 assists, 60 points. So the numbers have gone down the last couple seasons. But I do think this is the type of player who plays with some grit, who plays with some energy, who's got some skill. Um, You know, I, I think he is... One of those, he's one of those guys that you want on your on your team in the playoffs. You know, you, you guy who's finishing all his checks, a guy who's you know when pucks it down deep. I know these are the these are the phrases everybody likes to use around this time when analyzing hockey. But I mean, Simmons is one of those guys that can win battles down low, and I think he's one of those guys that this Bruins team, you know. Guys like Krejci, Bergeron, they would love to play with. This team would love him. I honestly believe that. I think he would love this team. And I think Simmons would love to be involved in some type of Stanley Cup run. And I think that's what the Bruins can do if they can add a piece. So I just think it's sort of a perfect fit. And you could say it's giving up too much all you want. But, I mean, what are you holding on to? Like, what are you waiting for? Right? What are you waiting for? Simmons is available. Maybe he loves it here. You can sign him to a deal for a couple more years. You know, depending on what he wants. It's going to be dependent on what he wants, of course. Yeah, I don't think you're going to overpay for someone who has numbers that are down, but maybe that wor- maybe that ultimately works in your advantage if you're the Bruins. But I think this could, you know, when it comes to the numbers being down, I think if you actually watch Simmons and what he is and what the Bruins have been known to be with a player like Simmons, I think it's a perfect fit. And I think it's one of those situations where it changes scenery for a player like Simmons. Don't, don't try to tell me, don't act like Simmons is, I know he's been in the league for a long time, but it's not like he's 35, 36 years old and can't skate anymore. Like, come on. Simmons is a good player. And, you know, I think that you add him and it's just a, it's a burst of energy for the team and for him. He's re-energized. It's one of those moves that re-energizes a player that does have the tools to be an impact guy in the Stanley Cup playoffs. And I just think that if you're not going to give up a lot to get him, then I'll ask you, well, Don Sweeney, what are you holding on? Like, what are you holding on to? And what, what is, like, what's the plan? What are you waiting for? You've, you've drafted kids who have come up. And have made an impact. You've held on to certain kids that have stepped into roles um, that maybe maybe you didn't think they would they would end up being able to to hold on to those roles still. But you know you you've got all the pieces. You got some kids. You got some vets. You got the Stanley Cup winning experience. Um, it does seem like you know you got everything. If you could add a player like Simmons, who to me is is somebody that would be re-energized on a team that has a chance to win a cup, then I think you do that. And I think at some point you have to be willing to give up what people will call too much to take a shot and make a run. You know? Take a shot and make a run. Giving up, quote-unquote, too much for Wayne Simmons, it might not be a Jacobs move. (laughs) Uh, You know, a Jacobs move is getting the third line forward to ensure that you will maybe get an extra round in the playoffs. <laughs> get that extra playoff revenue. That's what the coil trade was. Um, a Simmons move to me is like, okay, we're, we're going after a cup. 
even if it looks like we gave up too much. I'm all in. I want to see that happen. We'll see. Simmons, as far as I know today, was not on the ice for Flyers practice, which usually means they're at least listening and having discussions. We'll see where that goes. If Simmons does get moved or if the Bruins make a move for somebody else after the show drops, I will react to it on Thursday. But, um, yeah, you know, we haven't really done too much hockey on this show this year. And I think it's just because there's so much going on. The Patriots winning a Super Bowl, making a Super Bowl run. Uh, You got the Celtics. There's so much drama and so much going on with the Celtics from the Kyrie Irving stuff to the Anthony Davis stuff. All these, you know, different post-game interviews that the Celtics are giving all year, all year long. You had the, you know, you had the Red Sox going back to late October, winning a World Series. So we, re- I really wasn't focusing any time on the Bruins earlier in the year or the NHL earlier in the year. And it's like you jump right into the NFL playoffs, and then all of a sudden the Celtics drama at the the NBA trade deadline. And it's like, well, have we done Bruins at all this year? I've been watching them. I've been paying attention. I know what's going on. I know what they need. But, you know, I haven't really done too much hockey this year. But I have been paying attention. I have been watching. And, uh, you know, we will we will be getting into some hockey as this thing moves right along. But I know Bruins fans don't want to hear this, but they just haven't been the top story. They just haven't been the top story. You go out and get someone like Simmons, maybe you will be. Maybe you will be. Um, you know, the top story really has been the Celtics. Since the Patriots have stopped playing football. Since the Patriots have won the Super Bowl. And the Celtics, since returning from the All-Star break last week, lost two straight games. One to Milwaukee, which is not a, you know, maybe there was a foul or two that should have been called, and it wasn't. And you'd like to see some things work out differently at the end of that game in Milwaukee. But you know what? In general, you lose in Milwaukee to one of the top seeds in the East. It's a, it's a tough game to play. You know, maybe you lose by one, you tip your cap, and you move on to the next one. You should be able to go to Chicago against the brutal Bulls team and, and beat them. And you didn't. They lost in Chicago Saturday night, 126-116. to And all I'm thinking of as this game is going on is, wow, what is this Celtics group going to have to say after this one? Because part of the reason that they've been one of the top storylines is that they just won't shut up after a after a game in which they've had to face some adversity. They will not shut up. And I say, when I say shut up, yeah, they have to talk to the media, obviously. But there's a way to go about it. The Celtics have not gone about it the right way. From the young players to the veterans, you know, they've come out and said they're not having fun. Uh, the veterans calling out the young kids, young kids firing back at the vets. This has seemed like an absolute shit show and a shit storm, especially in the post-game interviews. We're watching this game against the Bulls going, what are they going to say after this one? And I will give the Celtics some credit. It's not very often I'm giving credit to a team that has underachieved like crazy. It's, It's not very often I give credit to that type of team after a brutal loss like this to a team like Chicago. But I'm going to give them some credit. They did not give us any headlines after this game. They didn't give us any headlines. There was no headline of Kyrie Irving calls out the kids, calls out someone for a lack of hustle, for a, calls out the coach. There was none of that. There was no the kids call out the vets for trying to do too much. There was no a veteran, you know, sounds like he's on an island by himself and he's not having any fun. There wasn't any of that. And I'm actually going to give him credit. I think that's a step in the right direction. I'm not going not to go over the top and praise him for it. I'm going to give him some credit, though. You know, what are some of the things you need to fix? You know, account- accountability. But sometimes you're going to keep that accountability to a man behind the scenes, air it out behind the scenes, not when the microphones and the cameras are in front of your face after games. You know, I- and I'm going to give them credit. Kyrie Irving. He had a good press conference. You know, he said, you know what? We'll be fine. You know, it's the type of positivity I think this team needs. Coming from someone like Kyrie. Rather than continuing to talk about what could happen this summer when Kyrie's a free agent. 
rather than talking about potential trades, rather than talking about what happened at the end of last year and how some of those kids thought they would have a larger role this year, uh, but don't because of the addition of Kyrie Irving coming back from injury, I should say the, the reinsertion of Kyrie Irving and Gordon Hayward. We're not talking about last year. We're not talking about next year. We're talking about right now. And right now, the fact of the matter is the Celtics still have the ability to turn things around. Everybody's saying, oh, they're done. I don't believe the Celtics are done. It doesn't look good. But if you want to look at a glass half full, it's good that they did not make headlines after this loss to Chicago. Because the team that we know this year, we're used to them making headlines with their mouths after a game like this. After two games like this. They're not. And you know what? They have a big one tomorrow night on Tuesday night on TNT at 8 o'clock in Toronto. They take on the Raptors, and uh, Raptors are going to be ready. You know, Raptors are going to try to bury the Celtics. They see the Celtics lost to Milwaukee, got embarrassed by Chicago. They're going to be ready to bury the Celtics. The Celtics have an opportunity, a golden opportunity to respond. And if I had to put my money on it, I'd say that I I would say that the Celtics will respond. I don't I don't want to sit here and put too much stock into a press conference. I get it. But I was generally pleased with not having to wake up on Sunday and see that the Celtics, after a tough loss to Chicago, were calling everybody out. I was I was pleased to see that they were like, you know what? We're, we're going to be fine. Kyrie Irving says he wants to lead. That's the way you lead. Hey, guys, we're going to be fine. It's a tough game. We'll be fine. We'll be good. We got a lot of talent on this team. We'll be fine. We'll be there. To, we'll, Toronto better be ready for us. We'll be there Tuesday night. National TV. So it's a big test. I can't wait to see it in Toronto tomorrow night. And I'll react to that game on Thursday's podcast. So good to see the Celtics not making headlines after a tough stretch here after the All-Star break where there was just so much drama surrounding this team. Uh, Good for them for not adding to that after what could have been a disastrous (laughs) post-game press conference, whatever you call it, uh, after that one Saturday night. But uh, moving on from the NBA, finally, there is a story that I read before I jumped on today in Major League Baseball as spring training has begun, spring training games have begun. Before you know it, we will have opening day. Before you know it, we will have regular season baseball games. Bryce Hopper, he got the Dodgers involved now. The Manny Machado thing, yeah, it was good for Manny Machado, 10 years, 300 mil, goes to San Diego. But... That's better for Bryce Hopper. And I told you that last week because his eyes light up. Boris's eyes light up. Because now it's like teams don't have multiple guys to go for. Your teams like the White Sox and the Phillies. And now you add... I mean, I still don't think you rule out the Yankees even though they've made some other moves that might make it look like they're not involved. The Dodgers are involved, according to reports now. The San Francisco Giants are involved. And maybe you pit the Giants and the Dodgers together and 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 get a bidding war there. Hopper's going to get his money. And they're in a le- they're in a situation of leverage now where when it was Machado and Hopper on the market, you know, they were sort of both waiting back to see who would blink first. Machado blinked first, the Padres blinked first, and now Bryce Hopper will get a little more money and um I don't know where it will be. It could be the Dodgers. It could be San Fran. It could be the Phillies. I don't know. I really don't. Could be the Yankees. I don't know. The Yankees really wanted to make it happen. They could. Could be. We'll see. But the news today is that the Dodgers are involved, which just, it kind of means that, you know, maybe Hopper's going to wait this one out a little bit more to see if teams are going to get into this bidding war now. And if they do, that's exactly what Hopper and, and Boris want. That's what they want. So we'll we'll see what happens with Bryce Hopper. With the Red Sox, Dave Dombrowski, interesting quote he gave down in Fort Myers today, I believe, this morning. He was asked about the bullpen. He was asked about the team's need for relief pitching, which I, I've went on a rant last week and said they do need relief pitching. Uh, and this is all coming after Craig Kimbrell has said he's willing to sit out the entire year instead of coming down on his demands 
as a free agent and to what type of contract he wants. I mean, if he really wants to sit out a year, then go ahead. Um, I think at some point he'll fold and take something from someone. Will that be the Red Sox? It doesn't sound like it. Dave Dombrowski said today that as far as free agent signings go, he's done with adding to the bullpen. Now, it should be stressed, the part where he mentions as far as free agent signings go. Because one thing that I've said on this show in recent weeks is that I'm not ruling out a trade for a relief pitcher. And it doesn't just have to do with the need for relief pitching with this Red Sox team. It also has to do with the contracts that the Red Sox are going to have to dish out this coming went next, should say next winter after this season, and the winter after that. You got names like Chris Sale, Rick Porcello. If J.D. Martinez opts out, J.D. Martinez. Then you got Mookie Betts. Uh, don't forget Xander Bogots. Um, Jackie Bradley Jr. There's a lot of guys you're going to have to give a contract to in the next two years. You're not going to give it to all of them. And so if you're not going to give it to all of them, I don't think you want to be in a position where you're losing a key piece for nothing. Just saying to yourself, well, we're not going to bring back all of them. We might as well just sign three or four of them and let one or two of them just leave in free agency. Eh, maybe not the best strategy. If there's a way you could trade someone to get something that you need now, then then maybe that's the way you handle it. And I've thrown out the name of Jackie Bradley Jr., Look, I'm a Jackie Bradley Jr. fan. Don't get it twisted. I want to see Jackie Bradley Jr. stay with the Red Sox, but I just think he's going to want a lot of money. And based on the other guys you're going to have to pay, you do need, I mean, you're going to need to prioritize. I don't know that they're going to prioritize Jackie Bradley Jr. for the type of money that he he's going to want. And that, you know, that's where biz, that's where the business comes into play. And, um, I mean, who are you signing? Signing Chris Sale or you signing Jackie Bradley Jr.? And I don't mean to make it an and-or situation. But the reality is, again, you're not bringing all these guys back. Who would you rather have, Xander Bogots or Jackie Bradley Jr.? I'm taking Bogots. I am. I'm taking Bogots. Who would you rather have, Mookie Betts or Jackie Bradley Jr.? Right? I mean, it's just, it's reality of the business that you're in. You can't pay everybody. You got to make the tough business decisions. And I just think, instead of letting guys walk... Maybe you do some things right now to make it easy on you. You know, and, and Jackie Bradley Jr., who's going to be a free agent after next season. So he's got this year and next year. You know, you could you could look at him and say he has more trade value now than he will next next winter. Jackie Bradley next winter will have only one year left on his contract. And so he'll have less trade value. He has more trade value now. And he's down at spring training, hitting home runs at his first spring training at bat, coming off the heels of a World Series where he hit a big home run. I mean, this is this the move that I think the Red Sox could make between now and opening day, and maybe even between now and the trade deadline, is you trade Jackie Bradley Jr. for a big-name reliever. And, and when, you, when you hear Dave Dombrowski say, as far as free agent signings go, and you got to stress that part. As far as free agent signings go, we are done adding relievers. He didn't say just in general, our bullpen is set. We're not adding anybody else. He said, as far as free agent signings go. He said that for a reason, folks. He didn't, like, he didn't have to say that. He, he stressed that for a reason, which means that he could still trade for a reliever. I mean, are you gonna, what do you trade? You trading a, a bag of baseballs for a reliever? No. If you're going to trade for a reliever, I think you're going to target a pretty big name. And if you're going to target a pretty big name, you got to give up something to get him. I would not rule out a Jackie Bradley Jr. trade style. I wouldn't rule out trading one of these guys whose contract is sort of in limbo the next two winters. You know, do something like that now. So you can give Chris Sale the deal that I talked about last week. Which was the, here's my offer to Chris Sale. Again, five years, 140 mil. It's a 28 mil average annual, but you front load it the first three years. You're giving him like 35 mil a year, 33 mil a year. And the third year, you're giving him like 31, 32. You know, the years four and five are backloaded, but you give him opt outs after year three if he reaches 
you know, the number of X amount of starts in the first three years. And if he doesn't, then those turn into club options. Like, there are things you could do with Chris Sale to get him to sign on the dotted line right now that will benefit you, that will benefit him. But to make a move like that, you know, and, and then make some other moves, Mookie, Bogots, you know, if J.D. Martinez opts out. You know, Jackie Bradley is one less thing you're worried about. And instead of when you get to after the 2020 season and you're sitting there going, wow, we know we're not going to sign Bre- Jackie Bradley. He's asking for outrageous money. Why don't, you know, we should have just traded him two years ago when we needed a relief pitcher when Kimbrell wasn't coming back. And, you know, I, I think the Red Sox should try to do something like that. And I'm not ruling it out, especially when Dave Dombrowski sits there and tells us that, and he stresses, as far as free agent signings go, the Red Sox are done adding to the bullpen. There's a reason why he said, as far as free agent signings go, right? He didn't rule out adding to the bullpen. Completely, he just said, we're not, we're not signing any more free agents, but maybe we'll make a trade. He didn't say the, maybe we'll make a trade pot, but I think he implied it by saying, as far as free agent signings go, we are done adding to the bullpen. And if they do something between now and Thursday, you know I will be here Thursday to react to it. Get this show whenever you want at Podcast One. Also on iTunes, Spotify, and anywhere podcasts are available uh, make sure you subscribe to my YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Danny Picard. I got an announcement coming soon, so follow me on social media, and, and maybe you'll see some teases of that announcement on YouTube as well. So um, I can't give it away right now, but I will be giving it away soon. And uh, yeah, I'll be excited to let you know what that announcement is. And uh, depending on what your interests are, I think you might enjoy the announcement as well. So, anyways, no more teasing it. I'll make the announcement when it's time to make the announcement. Thanks for joining me again. Subscribe to this show. Follow me on social media. Enjoy the rest of your week, everybody. I am out. Talk to you on Thursday.